Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share a story of someone's journey through their life and financial vineyard. We take you from their roots to the journey of their vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft their delicious lives. Like wine, life and finances have different palates that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine. Today, we are going to be talking about taxes. But before we get into taxes and that fun journey, I want to suggest that you sit down, grab a bottle of your favorite port, mine happens to be Lakewood, and uh, pour yourself a little sipper here as you listen and maybe even walk along with me in preparing your taxes. So yes, it is that time of year where we either have to figure out if we're going to get a refund or if we have to pay taxes and nobody likes to have to actually pay, but I'm of the subscription that you shouldn't get a big refund either because that's been money that has been sitting there earning 0% interest that could have gone towards your goals quicker. I say it over and over again. I add up all my taxes and try to keep snarky comments from creeping in, but I know like everybody, we all have to pay our fair share. We just don't want to pay a penny more than we absolutely have to. So before we get started in the actual discussion of today's podcast, I want to suggest to you that if you're listening to this in a place where you can take some notes or maybe even stop and start, here's some things that we want to do. First of all, it's always best if you take a look at last year's tax return. The reason that I suggest that is that you can look and see where did you get tax documentation from last year. And before you even start the process, get into making sure that you received that documentation from those same organizations this year. Or if you didn't, there was a reason why you didn't. Also, one of the things that we are telling people to be um, reminiscent, I guess is the right word of, did you receive unemployment last year? Some states will mail you a 1099G, but other states actually require you to go online, pull that form down, and that's where you'll get all the information because did you have federal withholding? Did you not? They will catch that if you didn't actually put it on your tax return. And they'll catch it fairly quickly because it is sent in for filing purposes. Um, So once you have a look at all of the things, I actually have a yellow folder that I put all of our tax documents in as they come in. In the front of that yellow folder, as you open it up, I have a list of all the places that I expect to be receiving uh, any kind of tax document from based on prior year, Uh, and also based on potentially even this year. So as they come in, I'm able to see, yep, that's here, that's here, that's here. And I'm able to kind of, you know, check them off for, for this year that they've come in. And I know that 
if something doesn't come in by mid-January or early February to, to place a phone call and ask for those documents. So again, first thing is just looking to see what you have last year's tax return, looking to see also if there's any carryovers or carry forward items like um, did you have any losses last year that you couldn't fully use and you carried them forward to this year. Once you have all of your documents gathered, um, that's when you can either uh, you know get in and, and provide start entering into the um, tax system that you use or provide those documents to your tax preparer. If you provide the documents to your tax preparer and they don't have some sort of organizer, then you may want to provide a cover sheet that just says, you know, here's the documents that are enclosed just as a second check for them. Uh, It's always a good idea to double check when you get that tax return back that all of those that bit of information is included and something didn't accidentally get overlooked. So that's really important. Uh, Again, it's if you're entering it yourself, I would put the documents in order of your W-2s that you receive, any kind of 1099 INT documents that you received, 1099 dividend documents that you received, any kind of social security that you received, and then any kind of capital gain documents that you received or K-1 documents that you received. If you have them in that order... When you start to enter it or when you give it to your tax preparer, it'll make either your life much easier or their life much easier. All right. So we've talked about organization at this point in time. Now it's the time to kind of get down and get dirty. But before we do that, I'd love to share some fun little jokes, as I air quote it, that a friend of mine actually uh, told me around taxes. And it helps lighten the mood. And maybe you can take a sip of your porch at this point in time. So... Did you know an income tax form is like a laundry list? Either way, you lose your shirt. Fred Allen said that. Uh, Tax reform is when you take the taxes off things that have been taxed in the past and put taxes on those things that haven't been taxed before. Thought that was kind of a good, funny statement, especially after a couple of years of multiple tax reforms that have been happening. The third one, I figured out a way Uncle Sam wears such a, or why Uncle Sam wears such a tall hat. It comes in handy when he passes it around. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. Okay. And the last corny joke that I'm going to tell, um, there's one difference between a tax collector and a taxidermist. The taxidermist leaves the hide. The hide, get it? <laughs> All right. So anyway, that um, those are my funny jokes when it comes to taxes. Now we can move into the actual important things. If you didn't like that, I'm sorry. There is a little bit of corny history. Things that you should. So we're past the December 31st date, and there are some things that you can do in 2021 for 2020 at this stage of the game. Um, A lot of times in October or November, we talk to people about things they need to be doing for that current tax year, but now you're sort of past it. And there's certain things that you can do uh, if you notice that uh, you have a tax bill or if you just want to save for like retirement. So retirement contributions to IRAs, Roth IRAs, we can even do backdoor uh, Roth IRAs and SEP IRAs for 2020 can still be done. Most uh, the uh, most uh, IRAs and Roth IRAs and backdoor uh, IRAs, so they're called the, non- the non-deductible IRAs, the contribution themselves have to be done by April 15th. Now, the backdoor Roth IRA is something that can be done after April 15th, but the contribution itself has to be done by April 15th. Your SEP IRA is a little bit different. The SEP IRA actually has until you file your tax return, including extensions. It's the only one of the IRAs that I mentioned that actually has that option. So if you are 
a self-employed individual or a small company that's using SEP IRAs to save, you actually have until you file your tax return as long as um, October 15th, to be honest, if you extend to that period of time. There's an opportunity there that if you do owe money in uh, 2020 and you're trying to figure out how to minimize that tax bill, you can add that contribution in when you file your extension and then take some time to save for that SEP IRA and not file your return until you actually put the contribution in the account. So that gives you a little bit of, of leeway. Just remember that the SECURE Act now allows contributions to your IRAs even after you turn 70 and a half, now 72. So that's something that changed. If you're working part-time for just for fun money, you can still contribute in those IRAs. We usually recommend that you do a Roth or a backdoor Roth IRA at age 72, simply because um, you're already in, in RMD status. So you're having to take distributions. So why put money back in where you're having to take distributions? If you put money in the Roth, you don't have to take RMDs from that Roth. So um, again, that's a new provision that in 2020, you, under the SECURE Act, you're now allowed to make contributions to your retirement accounts even after the age of 72, which is now the new RMD age. Also, contributions up to the maximum amount of the HSA accounts that you have are due on that day. For those amounts, if you're under the age of 50, uh, it is 6000 And if you're over the age of 50, it's 7000 for a family. For Roth, backdoor Roths, and uh, traditional IRAs, it's that same amount. SEP IRAs are dependent upon what your company earns, generally taking the profit and times 20% is where it kind of, kind of comes out. All right. So those are things that you can still do that help reduce the tax bill in 2020 if you owe money or you want to increase your refund potentially if you're getting a refund. One of the things that happened in 2019 um, was the ta- the actual tax form changed. And it's it's changed a little bit in 2020 again. The, the image has changed just slightly a little um, uh, again in 2020. So it's not the exact form that it was in 2019. It's close, but it's not exact. One thing that you don't want to forego is your dependents. It's super important that you put those dependents in your tax form because you're potentially giving up uh, child tax credits or dependent credits. Uh, so it's it's really important that you put that in there. It's also important that you put any children that you've adopted or if there's a child that you support or um, you know provide a lot of support for, like a, a sister or a brother or foster child or something like that, they would also be considered a dependent. So don't forget those. The child itself must be between the age of uh, between the age of nineteen or a full time student under the age of twenty five. So that's considered a child. But you can have a dependent that's older than that. Uh, if you're looking for residency test on whether or not you can claim your child as a full dependent, uh, the child must live with the taxpayer for more than half of the year. So that's that. And that doesn't like if they're away at school, that's considered living at home. And the, the student must receive at least half of their um, support from somebody else. This is in, in cases of divorce, this gets a little bit tricky. Um, sometimes, you know, every other year, one of you, can, or one person claims the child, then the other year, the other person claims the child, or one person claims one child and another person claims another child. Um, so it does get a little bit tricky. Uh, with regards to that. And you have to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Uh, Other dependents besides children, as I've already mentioned, do have some different rules. They must either be a relative or live with you, um, live with you as a member of the household for the full year. So uh, relatives may not be required to live with uh, you if there is other uh, extraordinary circumstances 
right? So uh, we can get into that more in detail if you have that particular situation, because the answer really is it does depend. Uh, the dependent does have to earn less than the annual limit, which excluding Social Security is $4,200. It's a pretty small amount. Even if they aren't a dependent, you can still deduct any medical expenses you pay um, as to the, the part of the 10% floor, just as an FYI. And additionally, parents who cannot care for themselves also qualify for dependent care credit. So if you're working and you had to hire help, um, now you can actually claim them as a dependent. In 2018, I believe, you started the ability to claim the credit for $500 for a non-child relative. So that's where the dependent credit takes into place. If you want to dig into these rules a bit more, you can look at publication 929. I'm sure that that's something that you're going to dig into tonight after you finish the bottle report. I mean, the glass report. When we think about income, there's various types of income. Uh, Schedule 1, we'll talk about other incomes, but the actual front page is what we call it of the, the 1040. We'll collect the very basic information like wages, any kind of interest that you receive, IRA distributions, pension distributions, Social Security distributions, any kind of capital gains. They would all show up on that front page of your 1040. And then if you have uh, other kinds of income, um, things like taxable refund. So if for some reason you itemized your tax return last year, that's a taxable refund. Any kind of state and local income tax offsets, alimony that was received that um, previously you used to be able to uh, claim alimony as a uh, deduction or if you, and if it was, you'd have to claim it as income. If you endorsed after 2019, then so in other words, in 2020, then there's no... Um, there's no, you don't have to claim alimony and you don't get to deduct it. But prior agreements continue to be taxed the old way. So it's good to, to know about them. Uh, Schedule one would also show your business income and um, any other unique gains or royalties, rental income, farm income, anything like that. And unemployment compensation, as I mentioned earlier, that's where you're going to report Schedule one. Also, or uh, report that income is on Schedule 1. Also on that Schedule 1 is adjustments to income. So uh, I mentioned a few of those just a bit. So health savings accounts um, are one of those items that you can do. IRAs are another one of those items that you can do. When we look down through, if you're an educator, you can do educator expenses. Uh, as I mentioned, um, health savings accounts. If you're in the military, but this is that's a requirement. I just said armed forces. Then you may have some moving expenses, uh, possibly. Uh, you would also deduct if you're self-employed half of your social health, social security uh, tax that you had to pay. If you're doing a SEP, that's where you're going to put that SEP. Any self-employed health insurance deduction, so any premiums that you paid would go on that reduction line. And if you did take out anything uh, like a CD or anything that you paid a penalty on for early withdrawal savings, that also goes on the part two section of schedule one. Um, and again, if you paid alimony under the old rules, that's where that's going to go. And you do have to report the recipient social security number or else you cannot deduct it. That is a requirement. If you have student loan interest, that's another place that another uh, line item that's on schedule one part two, you can deduct up to $2,500 of student loan interest um, based that, that does phase out based on your income. So not everybody gets to deduct that. 
if you have enough to itemize, which that was one of the big changes that happened, uh, there, there was an increase in the standard deduction that went up significantly in 2019. Um, so for 2020 and 2019, then standard deduction is much higher than it used to be. We used to have uh, exemptions plus standard deductions, and now it's actually just uh, standard deduction. So for 2020, um, if you are if you are single and you are trying to determine whether or not you should um, you should itemize your tax return, the limit for standard deduction is twelve thousand four hundred. For married filing separate is twenty four eight, and for head of household it's eighteen sixty five. Uh, sorry, eighteen thousand six hundred fifty. You have to have medical exceeding exceeding seven and a half percent. You have to have ten percent. You have to have um, taxes paid state, local, real estate, um, which are capped at ten thousand. So let me back up on the medical. Any expenses that um, any any expenses that you receive on the medical side that exceed um, ten seven point five percent. That's where used to be 10. That's why I keep messing up on that. Um, 7.75%. So if you had income, earned income, taxable income, excuse me, if you have taxable income of $75,000, you'd have to have expenses, medical expenses that exceed 5625. So 5,625. Anything over that amount could go on Schedule A. So that would be one figure that would go on Schedule A. After schedule, after that, I mentioned taxes you paid, but there's a cap on that. They called that the salt cap, and that's $10,000. So that goes on Schedule A. Interest paid um, and mortgages, charity, all of that stuff, um, casualty and loss, that, that's where all of those itemized items go on Schedule A. But if your Schedule A items don't total up, greater than the standard deduction, then you want to choose the standard deduction, right? So that's that's something that um, a lot of people have just gone straight to the standard deduction now because they can't exceed a lot of the, especially with the SALT tax limit, they can't exceed those limits. Um, the other thing that uh, we wanted to mention, and um, I just, I guess I want to make sure that, you know, when you get to the bottom of page one, where the drum roll is, that you don't overlook a few uh, if you have a small business, there might be qualified business income deduction that you could take advantage of. Um, but you get to line 15 and that gives you your taxable income. And that's the income line that your taxes are computed off from, right? So when you're coming up with that, you um, you look at that income number. And remember, if you had capital gains, that's taxed at a different rate than your ordinary income taxes. But this is the number that the actual tax is computed on. So it's the taxable income number that you're that we're calculating. Then you look at, okay, what is it that the, the bottom line is uh, that the talents the tax is calculated? How much did I actually owe? Like how much was I required to pay? How much did I really pay in? And if you paid in more than you owe, you get the refund. And if you paid in less than you owe, then clearly you'll need to write a check. Um, one thing that we want to just mention to you, we'll include it in the show notes, is a tax savings checklist. We put this together. It indicates where certain tax strategies may make sense. 
uh, by reviewing these now and thinking about what may be coming up this year, you can put a plan in place to minimize the opportunities to reduce your taxes in 2021, not just looking back at 2020. So we will include that in the show notes for you to be able to look over and see if anything that of that uh, you know rings a bell for you. We also want to mention uh, there's some tax advantages you can uh, put into place by specific goal, uh, along with the advantages and risks. So you may want to fund your child's education or grandchild's education or build an emergency fund. There's um, you could also be building your surprise bucket for medical expenses in retirement or reduce the the drag on your non-qualified investments at the same time. I guess it's finding your goal and making sure that you take advantage of that strategy. If you do owe or if you are getting a lot back, one of the things that you might want to do is actually reset your withholding. I know the new W-4 forms are not the most user-friendly. They were supposed to make it easier. Most people are like, I do not understand these forms at all. Um, But they are new and there's a great website that you can go out to on the IRS website. It's www.irs.gov slash individuals slash IRS dash withholding dash calculator. We'll also put that in the show notes in case you're listening to this podcast while you're driving. This was probably scintillating conversation. We uh, just want to make sure that you know what you're getting into at or around your taxes. And it was quite a journey that we went on today. I hope you enjoyed that glass of port while you were listening. And I hope that you don't need the rest of the bottle based on what your bottom line number is. Or maybe you want to celebrate because of that. We'd also love to hear your questions. I want to take just a moment to ask you all if you have specific questions, please let us know. We always want to be most informative and uh, make sure that we're answering any questions that you are interested in learning more about. We'd also ask that you take a moment to maybe share or add some comments out on iTunes and Spotify. We'd love to know that you like the show and uh, we'd love to have you rate it. And again, if you have any questions, please send us an email at info at rootedpg.com. We hope you have a great tax season and stay tuned for the next episode where we are going to be talking more about taxes throughout the month of March. Hey, and shout out, it's International Women's Month. We're thrilled that this month exists as a team of women. We couldn't celebrate anymore when it comes to thinking about how we've all come together from different avenues of life. And uh, we we just want to shout out that uh, for the rest of the world to be celebrating International Women's Month as well. And International Women's Day is March 8th. Uh, so it'll be well, I've already passed when you listen to this podcast. We'd love to know what you did on International Women's Day of March 8th. Uh, so uh, tag us, Rooted PG, and uh, hashtag us, and, and we'll share all of the ideas that people have about International Women's Day. Hope you all have a great day or evening as you're listening to this. And again, we hope you've enjoyed this journey. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. Don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.